day, I believe there's going to be a breaking and an awakening. Do you believe that? I believe that God wants to do something so incredible in this next half an hour together. Are you with me for the ride? Are you coming with me? So, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm really excited about what God's doing at the moment. And the word in my heart is really this, that God is for you. He, God wants to encourage you so that you can encourage others. Amen. God wants you to have a victory in your life so that you can help others get a victory in their life. Do you believe that? And, you know, I believe that today there's going to be a turning, a turning, a turning from maybe that you've come in here discouraged, maybe that you've come in here feeling defeated in a certain area of your life, but today, today, this morning, you can, that can turn on a coin and you can walk out of here with a breakthrough, with an awakening, with, an, with, a, with a powerful turnaround in your life. Do you believe that? Say amen. I believe that. You know, encouragement, the power of encouragement. Oh my goodness. It, it can really lift you, you know. Are there any tennis fans out there? Any Australian Open? Did you watch the Australian Open? Tennis fans, tennis fans. Isn't it amazing how a tennis match can turn on a coin? You can be, you can see, this guy's losing, and it can turn, and now they win. I mean, it is amazing. And you know what? You watch the players. It's all up here. It's a mental game, isn't it? Now, my favorite match in the Australian Open, I'd have to say, was between Federer and Warinka. Right? Now, I loved the final, incredible, between Federer and Nadal. Now, these two guys, interesting backstory, if you don't watch the tennis, these two seasoned veterans, incredible champions of champions, both were down and out about six months before the Australian Open. Nadal was opening a tennis academy in his hometown and had invited Federer to come along to open it up for, the, for all the young people. They were sitting there having a practice mat, you know, practice matches with the young people and they were laughing at each other with each other together because they were both seriously injured. And they said, oh my goodness, wouldn't it, you know, look at us, this is about the best we can give, is that we're going to have a little bit of a hit with the, with the young fellas. You know, this is, they said, wouldn't it be amazing if we could get like one more time on the court together? Wouldn't that be, what, maybe we could organise a charity match. Six months before the Australian Open, both of them felt defeated. Both of them injured, thought they were out of the game. At the Australian Open, who was at the final? Nadal and Federer facing off each other. We know Federer took it out. And made for Federer to get in the final was the semi-final incredible. God spoke to me in the semi-final. I'm watching Federer and Warinka, two sets each. Fourth set, Federer's going down. He's looking discouraged. His injury's playing up. For the first time in all of Federer's history as a tennis player, he took time out off the court injury time. First time ever. He said after the match, well, I've never done it before, so I just thought I'd spend it. <laughs> he, anyway, off the match, he came back on the match in the fourth set. 
You could see he was discouraged. You could see he was going down. Warinka had the upper hand. Warinka was feeling like a champion. Warinka's like, this is my moment. I'm going through. But what happened? I'll tell you what happened. The stadium around them, every single person in every single seat seemed to let out this massive cheer, this massive cheer of encouragement came from all around the stadium and it literally shook the TV. I mean, it, it shook me. It was like the people said, Federer, we love you. Come on. You can do this. And they were just like, you could see Federer catch it. He caught it. He caught the love from the people. He caught the encouragement from the people. You saw his whole countenance change. You saw his mental game turn on a coin. He turned on a coin and he went to win the match in total victory, which got him into the actual final to play against Nadal. What a powerful moment that was for me because the Lord spoke to me in that match and said, do you know what? This is the church. Right now, this is a prophetic picture of the church of Jesus Christ. You may be discouraged. It might look like you're losing. It might look like you're slipping back. It might look like defeat, but I'm telling you, God's got a plan to bring you straight across the line in victory, and he's going to turn it on a coin in Jesus' mighty name. It's just if we decide to get on God's game plan. If we will put our mind, do you know it says that we have the mind of Christ? You know, if we start acting, talking, praying like a victor, we will talk about a comeback. Jesus Christ, they thought they killed him. Turn on a coin, turn in a tomb, turn on a coin. They thought he was down. All the religious leaders, they thought we've killed him. He's no Messiah. All his claims of who he was, oh, he said he was going to get resurrected after three days. Ha, ha, look at him in that tomb. Ha. Excuse me. Jesus is alive. They went to find him. They couldn't find him. He was resurrected. He still is resurrected. He's at the right hand of God, and he's cheering you on in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry, I'm a bit fired up today. Do you know what? There was the other picture that showed that in that scripture, this is the scripture that came to me when God was speaking to me, Hebrews 12.1. Can we bring it up? Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we, the church, individuals, are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You have a race. Every single person has a race. We have a race together as C3 Church Silverwater. We have a race together as C3 Church Movement. We have a race together as the kingdom of God, bringing good news, bringing the light where there's dark, bringing good news where there's bad news, bringing courage where there's discouragement, bringing faith where there's fear. Come on, we can turn it around, can't we? And do you know what? This was, this was the prophetic picture of us on, the, on center court. We are not spectators. Whoops, that's for later. We are not spectators. We are the players. We're going to volley the devil down. Boom, boom, boom. Come on, it's going to go in. 
I'm telling you, your prayers are going to hit the mark. Your prayers, I'm telling you, they're going to go in. They're going to be heard. They're going to be answered. So for such a time as this, you know, that cloud of witnesses in the Greek, the clouds meant the people right up in the very last seats of the stadium. Hey, you, you're in the clouds. You know, welcome. You're in the clouds, but, you know, that's probably where that saying comes, your head's in the clouds, you know. But if you went to the Olympic Games, they'd say, hey, mate, you know, Mick, your seats are up in the clouds today, mate, up there. Do you know what I was thinking in Hebrews? How many women and men of God, I'll get emotional in a minute, have gone before us and be, been decapitated, sawn in two, some of them, have lost their lives for their faith, lost them and have been martyred? Are they up in heaven in a great stadium? And there's Peter up there and there's Paul. And you know what? Jesus is there interceding for us. You know what that means? Cheering us on. They're all up there. They're going, come on, church, 2017. It's your moment. It's your moment to shine. It's your moment. You're on center court. Lights are on. Are we home? It's our moment, church, to rise. It is our moment to be encouraged if we're discouraged. Do you know encouragement means to put courage in? to put faith in you. I'm here to put faith in you today that you have a race to run and whatever is hindering you and what is ever holding you back, we're going to snap it off today in Jesus' name, amen. Do you know uh, Jesus gives us the exact blueprint in John 4 where he has his encounter with the woman at the well and this is him putting courage in a woman. She came to the well discouraged. She came to that well with her love tank on empty. She came to that well. It says in the story that this woman had had five husbands and she was with man number six. She had some relationship issues. She had some relationship difficulties. She was trying to find love in relationships. She was trying to find fulfillment and purpose from a man. And yet what she didn't realize is that she needed to meet man number seven, the man from heaven. Jesus is the only one who will fulfill you, bring you that purpose. The closer you get to Jesus Christ and actually open up your life and say yes to Lord, to the Lord and actually surrender your will so that his will can be done in your life, that's when you have power. That's when you'll have victory. That's when you'll have your, your prayers answered. And what I love about this story is that she was so passionate, uh, this woman at the well, and um, she ran, she had this encounter with Jesus at the well, and her eyes were supernaturally opened to him being her saviour. And, you know, this is what we pray for, that every person has that personal encounter with Jesus Christ, that their eyes are open to the saviour of the world so that they get born again and that they can receive all that God has for them and live out their best life. And this is what we're trying to do is we're, we're ministers of reconciliation, every single one of us. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 tells me so that we are all ministers of reconciliation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave who? Shout me down. Gave us the ministry of reconciliation. How precious. 
how precious that you're a minister, that you're the go-between, that you're the party host, that you're right in the middle of God and someone else. The ministry of reconciliation, we're therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. There's the gospel right there. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. That means it doesn't depend on you being a good person. Praise God for that. I would never get in, right? So what we're depending on is what Christ did on the cross. And now we, it's our responsibility to be a minister of reconciliation, to tell people the good news, which is, you know what the good news is? It doesn't depend on you being a good person. It doesn't depend on, on your holy acts. It doesn't depend on anything. What it does depend on is what Christ did on the cross. And he, nobody killed Jesus. No one killed him. He laid down his life. He went to the cross. That was his mission. He knew from the, he the get-go he was sent into the world to die for the world. One man to pay for the sin of the whole world. That was his mission. When he went to the cross, they thought they killed him. They thought we've got him. But he went to the cross and he thought, I've got you. I've got salvation. I just bought salvation for every single person who would just put their faith in me. I mean, that's pretty good news. Amen. As though, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, give the Lord a hand. I mean, amazing, amazing. Boom. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain, for he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you now, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Oh, Jesus was talking to the woman at the well and all the other disciples went into town to buy food, you know. And uh, thank you, I did ask her to come up. She's not interrupting me. And, you know, Jesus, Jesus said, you know, my food is to do the will of God. You know, real purpose. When you lead someone to Christ, there's nothing that tastes better than that. And, uh, and you know, when, when Jesus sat down at the well with that woman, it says in the scriptures that he was tired. He says, I was, he was tired and he sat down at the well and a woman came past. And like I said, she came up, she came empty. She came discouraged. She came broken. She came defeated. She, she was having a federal moment and God turned it on a coin and he gave her, what he gave her was living water. He gave her eternal life so that she could go, she could go, she didn't go back it's interesting she didn't go back to the man. Do you know what she did? She ran into the town and told everyone, come, 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 come. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. It's amazing. He could be the savior of the world. This could be the Jesus that we've been waiting for. You gotta come, you gotta come. And do you know what? Her message is our message. Her message is our message, nothing's changed. We've got to say, come, come, come tonight and see Jade Membry. You should have seen her life. Turn on a coin from drug addict to pastor. Amazing, come. Our message is come, come, come to Presence Conference, you know. Presence Conference nights are going to be open. Who can you bring in your car? You know, I love that, that you need people to, to step up in this church and say, you know what, I'll drive someone to church. That's you carrying someone to Jesus carrying them to do you know the good the story of the good samaritan you know he put him on his donkey do you know your car is your donkey your car is your donkey bring someone to jesus there's nothing better you know i remember i was at the gym and i was so tired after a big weekend away and i just didn't want to talk to anyone i was peopled out just so don't talk to me anyone i'm going to ignore everyone and this woman sidled up to me she wanted to chat. She was, it was in the gym, in the change room. I'm like, no, God, no. I don't want to talk to anyone today, no. 
Can't, where's another worker? Why do you always have to use me? The Holy Spirit said, I'm so sorry to inconvenience you. It's like deeply convicted. I saw the cross. I thought, wow. Jesus, you were a little inconvenienced that day when you had to die to yourself and take on the sin of the world and maybe I could spend a little bit of my life back for you. Maybe I could... Maybe I could break my will, and I did. And I had this amazing conversation with this beautiful woman who looked me in the eye and said, what is it about your eyes? And I, she said, are you a spiritual person? I said, I am actually. She said, what kind of spirits? I said, well, I'm a Jesus girl because I'm not ashamed of the gospel and I'm not ashamed of his name because I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And so I just say it how it is. I'm a Jesus girl. I love Jesus just put it out there. She goes, do you want to have coffee? I said, I have this instant moment of death. Which way do I nod my head? On the inside? No. On the outside? Sure. Now, I was on the way into the gym had not done my workout. <laughs> Just extra costs there. Added up. Went down, had a coffee. We spoke. We spoke. She dumped everything on me, all her worries. All, all, she was discouraged that day. And she walked into a Jesus person. And I had to choose if I would break my will for somebody I didn't know, a stranger, an unlikely friend perhaps. And we sat for an hour and she told me all her woes. And you know what? My story was completely matched for her need. And you know, I told her I used to be addicted to drugs and her biggest worry was her son who was addicted to drugs. And she said to me at the end of the conversation, what do you do now? I'm a bit like Jade Membry. I said, I'm a minister. She said, no, you. I said, yes. She said, you don't look like a minister. I said, thank you. <laughs> and we spoke and then she, I told her that she said, I've been, I'm going through a divorce. And I said, I've been through a divorce. Really? How did you get through? See, my story was for her. She needed exactly what I had got victory in to put courage into her that day and God is going to match you with the right person out there in the community for your story to bring him glory. Amen. It's awesome. Right now, we're going to do something. We'll tell you the end of the story with Julie because I could just tell you so much about that story. It's so amazing. We're still friends today. Do you know she was the first person that rang me on my birthday two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Happy birthday. She came to Christ the second time I brought her to church. But basically what happened, here's a short story quick, right? What happened over a series of, what, after our coffee, I said, would you like to come to church? And you know, when you ask someone, you use the nod, you, you, you say, would you like to come to church? <laughs> she said, no. I said, oh, that's okay. I said, well, I, perhaps I could pray for you. 
You give me your number and I'll put your number in my phone and I'll pray for you and I'll, I'll pray about your son. And you know what? I'll go to God and I'll get a word for you and I will text you what God says. She said, you're going to text me what God says. I said, yeah. She gave me a number and I prayed and I texted her back. I said, God says you and your household will be saved. She texts me back this long message of gratefulness that somebody would listening because somebody would listen and somebody would care to pray for her. And do you know what? Listening is love. Amen. She downloaded, she felt loved. I took her prayers to God. Two weeks later, she got saved, and now she's like a little evangelist in the gym. She tells everybody. I had to correct her a bit because she was telling everyone about God. I said, no, 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 Jesus, Jesus. Get the name Jesus in there. She goes, oh, I've got it now. I've got it now. Jesus. She's awesome. I love her. I love her. I know, right? It's awesome. I love her. An unlikely friend when I didn't feel like it and I was tired. Are you up for it? We're not spectators. It's our moment, church. I see that whole place packed full of people. Well, if we pick them up on our donkey, they might just come. But right now, I just wanted to explain something to you. See, when Jesus went to the cross, this is a massive glow stick, isn't it? Right now, the deacons are going to come and give you a small one. Listen, listen, listen. Don't break it. Be obedient to me, please. Don't break it, because I'll tell you why. We're going to do it together as a church. We're going to break together. It's an amazing moment. It's symbolic of, our, of us breaking our will so that we can do God's will. You know, Jesus said that I've been sent. He was sent into the world, and now I send you. And with the breaking of this, I'm believing this. When, you, when we break our glow sticks, I'm believing that you're saying this to God. You're saying, use me. Yep, I'm, I'm up for it. Yep, interrupt me. Let, you know, you're saying, I'm interruptible. <laughs> you're saying, yeah, I'm available to be a minister of reconciliation. <laughs> you're saying, you know what, I'm, I'm available. And that's what he said. And do you know what? When I, that first scripture I read about things that are holding us back, running, it could be fear. It could be fear of speaking to people. It could be, it could be like just a lack of confidence in your story. Come to Go Training and I'll put confidence in you. But, you know, this, this, I'm believing that this is going to be a powerful moment. So please don't break them. We're going to break them together as a church. When Jesus went to the cross, there was only one person. Can we have the lights down? That would be cool. Actually, when they got the glow sticks. Actually, you'll probably see them anyway. When Jesus went to the cross, there was, do you know there was only one man who could have ever gone to the cross? There was only ever one, one lamb, one sacrifice, one perfect person that could ever go to the cross. No other substitute would have done the job. It, they had to be pure, a pure, innocent lamb of God, he's called, the lamb of God. One man, see, through one man, Adam, sin came into the world. So you see, through one man, light would come into the darkness and save us from our own sins and from our own weaknesses and from our own mistakes. And I'm here to tell you today that there is only one man. There's only one way through to being reconciled to God. And it's John 14, 6. And it's in Jesus is talking about himself when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And when he went to the cross, where he went as a pure 100% sacrifice, they was not one sin on his record. He had a completely clear, clear slate, 
clean slate. You know why? Because in exchange, he wants to offer you a clean slate. So he went to the cross, and I'm telling you, he said this to the Father. He said, if there's any other way out of this, because this is going to be the most painful, un- painful thing that anybody could ever do, would be to go and pay for all the sin. He took all sin, all sickness, all shame, everything upon one man. He was go to that cross, and this is what happened to his body. He broke. When he broke, he released the work of God to you. Did you hear the sound of surrender? Hold your, hold your lights up. Would you stand? Hold your lights up. Jesus said this, I am the light of the world. He said that about himself. But you know what he said about you in Matthew 5, 14, 16. Let's read this out together. You are the light of the world. Say, I am the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. This is awesome. Church, we are the light. Church, we are not spectators. We are on center court right now. We are the players. We are the ministers of reconciliation. It's in our hands. Just can I just have no music for one second? Just one second. Thank you. I want to do something, right? I want you to do something. I'm going to lead you. Are you ready? Hold your light up. Are you ready? This little light of mine. Come on. I'm gonna let it shine. What? This little light of mine. I can't hear you. I'm gonna let it shine. Tell me. This little light of mine. Come on. Now tell me like you really mean it. Come on. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Too excited. 
bring it down, bring it down. You had to segue that. You're awesome. He's got so much light, it's shining out. Hey, church, can we have the lights up? Hey, church, are you with me? Do you get what I'm saying? It's in your hands. Your light, your story, it's so important. It's for someone. Your car, it's your donkey, it's for someone. You know, this is a, this is a, this is a call to action. I'm going to pray for you in just a minute, but before I do that, you can take a seat. Just be seated. Was that fun? A bit of fun in church on Sunday. I want you to feel it. I want you to own it. But you know, you might be here today and uh, you've, never, you've never had your light switched on. Do you know what happens when you're... It's a spiritual rebirth. When you receive Jesus Christ, you see, you see He overcame death. And so He can overcome anything now. And then when you belong to Him, you can overcome anything. And He puts His courage in you. And to, today He wants to put His light in you. And you know, you might be here today and you've never actually done that before. You've never been, you've never had your spirit reborn, rebirthed, made new like that scripture. You know, the old is gone and the new has come. And you see, there's a spiritual transaction that happens when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. The lights go on. I mean, you know, you were, I, I can say about myself that I was blind and now I see because I couldn't see the spiritual realm before and now I can see into the spiritual realm. It's like the lights go on on the inside. And, and so you might be here today and your lights are not on. You know, you're like, I don't know what she's talking about. Well, what happens is it takes a step of faith. You take a step of faith over a certain line in the sand and, you, and, and that's when Jesus comes into your life and you're born again and oh my goodness, your whole life turns on a coin, turns on a coin, turns on a coin. What was hassling you before no longer hassles you, you know, it doesn't have victory over you. And so